It seems that more of my friends than ever this year, though, have been watching the film The Holiday. Right, yeah, a few sort of grunts of approval, it's good. And I don't know if that's because it's on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, or maybe it's its availability, but I know for a fact that some of you in here were watching The Holiday in November. I know that for a fact. And you'll be pleased to hear this morning that I won't go into the minute detail of the plot of The Holiday, but it's fair to say that it's a funny movie. It was, it was designed to be a funny movie. It's a rom-com. And there are, as you would expect, various laughs along the way. But the one moment for me in the holiday that trumps them all comes towards the end of the film, where one of the protagonists, Iris, who's travelled halfway across the world for Christmas to get away from a toxic relationship with a man called Jasper, finds said Jasper turning up on her doorstep, having travelled from the UK to the US to see her. Now, for the uninitiated, this might sound romantic. But I can guarantee it is not. We don't like Jasper, folks. Jasper is a bad guy. And so after an exchange of words, some questionable revelations, and a ripping speech from Iris, she finds herself free of this man and immediately bursts into uncontrollable laughter. She kicks him out the house, laughing the whole way. She shuts the door on him and jumps up and down with glee. You know, this, this might be my favorite moment of the whole movie. Why? Because whilst the other moments are funny, this, I think, is a picture of joy. Why do I think that? Well, because happiness is often about a moment of gladness, but joy, I want you to hear this this morning, is about a longing being fulfilled. You know, Iris has spent the whole movie longing to be free from this toxic relationship. And so, of course, when that longing was fulfilled and she was free, there was joy. That's right, there was joy. You know, maybe it feels, perhaps not after our worship time, but maybe it feels like a strange day to be talking about joy. Particularly in light of last night's announcement from the Prime Minister, many of us, I'm sure, watching online or in here, have had our pl- plans, plumes? plans uprooted again. But what does it mean to have joy in a year like this? As Johnny said a fortnight ago, it has been a stinker. You know, it can be difficult enough to have joy at the best of, the time, best of times, can't it? Let alone when we're in a year where there's been a global pandemic, revelations of social injustice, pain and brokenness. But I believe I'm here today to remind us that there is joy available to each and every one of us. A joy that can be present, and I want to argue, can be especially present in difficulty and darkness. You know, joy in the Bible isn't used in contrast to despair or, um, or sorry, isn't used in contrast to sadness or discomfort or pain. Joy is used in contrast to despair. That's what joy is fighting against. Despair, mourning, hopelessness. And there is real lasting joy available to each of us. Real lasting joy available to us when we root ourselves in the magnificent story of Jesus. His saving death for us on the cross. The hope of his resurrection, the glory of his ascension and the unquenchable truth that he is coming again. To make everything new. To make every wrong thing right. Every bad thing good. That is the joy available to us today. It's the joy that we saw a snapshot of earlier as we were worshipping. It's the joy that shows us, as C.S. Lewis put it, that joy 
is the serious business of heaven. Do you believe that this morning? Joy is the serious business of heaven. And we see this in our passages today. That the very first reactions people have at the beginning of Luke's gospel to encountering Jesus are joy. You know, the angels come and tell the shepherds that Jesus has been born and they declare it as what? Good news of great joy. And then the shepherds go along and they meet with Jesus and they're filled with joy. Mary, before Jesus is even born, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And it's like before she's even in the door, Elizabeth's baby inside her leaps for joy. And Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, this is what's happening today. This is the joy that I've known. When I, when I came to know Jesus, the joy of being completely known, perfectly loved, perfectly free in Jesus Christ. It's the joy that sustains me. It's the joy that keeps me going. And it's the joy that we see all around us. We've seen it this year. We've run Alpha, by the way, this year, three times. I thought we only ran it once because I can't believe that the Spring Alpha was this year. But we have run Alpha three times this year. And, And we've seen people. We've seen people come to know Jesus for the first time. Who beforehand weren't even interested Hadn't even really looked into it. And and what happens? You've guessed it. What happens? When the people on this course met with Jesus, it manifested as... Great, we're going to get there in the end. It manifested as joy. Folks, there are times in our house where I've been known for dancing for joy just at the thought of my favorite meal being planned that night. (laughs) How much more? How much more should should I have joy knowing the God of heaven and earth? The living God who will come again and make all things new. I should be doing cartwheels down the aisle if it weren't for social distancing measures. Joy is the fulfillment of a longing. And this is what we see today, don't we? You might still be in our passage today. This is Luke 1. Mary, pregnant with Jesus, goes to visit her elderly cousin, Elizabeth. And what we didn't read this morning, but what we find out a few verses later, is that Elizabeth had her own personal longing. She longed to have a child of her own after many, many, many years of not being able to conceive. And God worked a miracle, and um, she became pregnant. And we see that these two, as these, when these two pregnant women meet, Elizabeth's baby in her own womb uh, leaps for joy. Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. And we read, this is amazing, by the way, we read that, that Elizabeth immediately recognizes Mary's baby as the Lord. She literally calls him the Lord. Amazing. I don't know about you, but I, I can't imagine this moment without smiles on Mary and Elizabeth's faces. Like, I know we get the text, but, you know, like, I just imagine them beaming, like the sort of belly laughter, even as Mary bursts into that amazing song. This kind, these sort of tears of joy just streaming from their faces. Why is that? Well, because unlike Elizabeth's personal longing to have a baby, the longing that is being fulfilled in Jesus is the longing of every single human heart. What we see in in Mary and Elizabeth's reaction is the model for our reaction When we come into contact with Jesus, we overflow with joy. It sinks into our bones because we know our Savior's come. We know the deep longings that we have within us that we can never quite seem to fill are finally filled in him. And we overflow with joy. Elizabeth, this joy stirs her so deeply that her own baby leaps in her womb. 
Think about that for a second. There is a longing and there is a fulfillment. But longing can be painful. Longing can be exciting. You know, maybe you've got kids in here today and they're just like longing for Christmas. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I would, if my parents were lucky, I'd get up at 4 a.m. on Christmas Day and I'd be knocking on their door asking to open the first presents. Maybe you've got, um, you've developed longings this year that you never thought would be longings. Like, for example, having people around for dinner or, um, dare I say it, singing in church. That's now become a longing. I bet you didn't guess that at the beginning of the year. But there are also deep, painful longings within us, aren't there? You may have felt yesterday your longing for, um, to see family became unfulfilled. Maybe your plans have changed completely because of Boris's announcement last night. You know, maybe you've longed for freedom from a destructive habit and you just keep slipping up again and again and again. Maybe you've longed for a loved one to get better and they just get more and more sick. Longing is painful. And when we meet with, I don't want you to get me wrong, when we meet with Jesus, there is instant joy. We see that in the shepherds and the wise men. We see that in Elizabeth and Elizabeth's baby. There is an instant joy, but there's also a longing and a joy that we await. That we don't see this side of heaven. But the message of Christmas The message of Advent isn't just that Jesus has come. It's that Jesus will come again. The message of Christmas isn't just that Jesus has come. It's that he will come again. The message of Christmas isn't just that Jesus has come, but he will come again. And we can know joy even in the most painful moments of our lives because the promise in Jesus is that he is coming again. He is renewing all things and one day he'll come and fulfill every single promise. Every tear will be wiped dry. There'll be no more suffering, no more pain, no more knife crime, no more longing within us because all of our longings will be perfectly met when we see him face to face. You know, as Christians, we are those who live with longing. The difference is our longing doesn't stare out into an abyss. We know that our longing will be fulfilled in Jesus. We know that he will reign and rule. And we feel the pain of our longings because we desire the joy of their fulfillment. If you're in pain this morning, if you're in pain this morning, it's because there's something in your life that isn't as it should be. And the promise of Jesus that he'll put those things right. When the New Testament writers talk about joy, some of them are talking from a prison cell. Some of them are talking about joy to people whose friends they know have been killed because of the faith they have. As Christians, we have a joy with a cross in the middle of it. Hebrews says this, doesn't it? For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame. But the pain of the cross was real. And even for Mary and Elizabeth, both of their sons, John the Baptist would be beheaded. Jesus would go to a cross. And yet we see in Jesus the tension that we as disciples are called to hold. John 11, where where Jesus' friend Lazarus dies. We know that surely Jesus must have known that Lazarus was going to be raised. And yet he still cried, didn't he? Tears of compassion. He wept. 
Jesus knew the perfect will of the Father, and yet he had anguish in Gethsemane. We can have joy, but we live in the tension of our longings. And the only possibility for us to have joy, the only way we can laugh in the chaos and the difficulty and the brokenness of our world is if we actually believe Jesus is coming again. That's how we can laugh. That's how we can dance with tears in our eyes. That's how we can limp with a smile. Some of you may know that um, several years ago now, my dad passed away after a really long illness. And the night that my dad died, I remember it was very late, and I got in the car, and I just started driving. I I didn't know where I was driving to. I didn't really care. I just drove and drove and drove. And as I sat in the car by myself, I just grieved. And I kept driving, and I kept driving. And then one moment, I stopped on a hillside overlooking the sea, and I decided to stop the car and just sit there. And as I looked out on the water, tears streaming down my face, I saw, and I promise you folks, I saw as clearly as I see you now, a golden city, just, out, just, just a little bit out from the shoreline, full of light, full of glory. And as I began to go out on this hillside, I just began to laugh. I began to laugh because it was clear to me that what this city represented was Jesus coming again. For every longing I had for illness to be gone, every longing I had for wrong things to be made right, would be made right. That my grief would be swallowed up in perfect love. That death and darkness would be extinguished and fall away like sand through a sieve. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Not everyone who heard about Jesus experienced joy. Herod experienced the opposite, didn't he? Not all of us that hear about Jesus experience joy. But when we look at the Gospel of Luke, when we look at these stories, we can say with certainty that every single person that encountered Jesus did. Every single person that actually met him did experience joy. And I don't know whether you've been a Christian 50 years or five minutes this morning. Maybe you're watching or you're in here today and you wouldn't even go that far. You're just exploring faith. But joy is available to you today in Jesus if you'll just open yourself to him. If you'll just open your arms. If you'll just like the shepherds, come and see because the promise is that when you encounter Jesus, there can be no other reaction. So that's the invitation today.